0: You're hanging out after hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. What is up, everybody? Um, happy to have everyone here tonight on a Monday at 9 p.m. This is the late night Gamecock show, and as always, it's every Monday night here on YouTube at 9 p.m. And then it is a different podcast. It's um, wherever Spotify is. Um, Spotify, Apple iTunes, wherever you get your, your podcast. So excited to be here with you tonight. I'm excited to talk about, um, two Gamecock victories today. Well, I guess three, two today, and then one on Saturday. Um, I want to pull up the stats really quick on the girls game. Um, (laughs) I don't know what YouTube allows me to say, but on a blimp, yo, 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 what's up? Happy to, happy you're here with me. Um, Craig. As always, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Michael Cooper wins, absolutely. And Rodney, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what a good day to be a Gamecock. We've had so many tough, tough, tough days lately that it's just fantastic when, you know, the, the guys and the girls can pull out a W. And this is really frustrating. Okay, Incidentally Women's Basketball. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but sometimes on ESPN.com, like, NCAA women's basketball is prominently featured. And then sometimes you got to really struggle to find it. But I'm trying to pull up the box score from the girls' game today against Notre Dame. And that game was in Paris, which is pretty cool. Um, all right, so, yeah, let's start out talking about women's basketball because, I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, you know, depending on your, your mindset, uh, women's basketball is probably the flagship sport at the University of South Carolina right now. And this year, the Gamecocks are ranked number six in the country, but that's a little bit different than um, what, what Gamecock fans are used to, especially when it comes to women's basketball. Um, women's basketball has kind of been the gold standard in, in women's college basketball lately. And, you know, Dawn Staley, I can't say enough about what she's done for the University of South Carolina. I can't say enough about what she's done. For you know, the basketball program at South Carolina, it's crazy to think. I think she's on year eighteen now at South Carolina, and she still seems as young as ever, as motivated as ever, and just so thankful that we have Don Staley as our coach. And yeah, I see Will. Yeah, Will, I see you in there. LSU women losing. Um, if I could share a screen right now, yeah, um, I would definitely um, post because I'm looking at that. I'm watching it live um, right now. Colorado is beating LSU. 63 to 51 with 8 seconds left in the third quarter and and y'all just just putting this out there at the end of the first quarter it was LSU 16 Colorado 14 um and the second quarter Colorado outscored LSU 24 to 16 and at the end of the third quarter um it's now 63-51 but Colorado outscored LSU 25 to 19 so in women's basketball it's it's four ten minute quarters if you weren't familiar with that so we'll be we'll be tracking this the rest of the way Colorado's up by twelve after the third quarter and you know i know that all gamecock fans especially with this kind of i don't know if it's a manufactured rivalry i don't know you know i don't i don't know but what what I can say is that south carolina l s u is pretty much like Duke North Carolina or South Carolina Clemson right now when it comes to recruiting and when it comes to on-court success. So yeah, we're we're not going to cry a single tear for LSU struggling with Colorado. And that game is actually in Las Vegas. So it's a neutral site game. And talking about neutral site games, let's talk about South Carolina women today. They defeated Notre Dame, who was ranked 10th in the country, 100 to 71. And, you know, South Carolina, like I said at the top of the show, is ranked sixth in the country. Um, at the end of the first quarter, Notre Dame was winning 25 to 24. South Carolina outscored Notre Dame 24 to 8 in the second quarter, 26 to 16 in the third quarter. And the game was well in hand at that point. And in the fourth quarter, South Carolina, or the Lady Gamecocks, I should say, outscored Notre Dame 26-22. Um, I, I, I got to watch bits and pieces of this game. Um, not sure what what everybody here on, on the show tonight got to watch. Um, I had a couple meetings, and I, I couldn't break away. I had the game up on my phone, though, to, just to check the scores. But in this game, um, one of the things I noticed right away was that um, Cardozo had 20 points and 15 rebounds, and it was a steady performance from her. Um, yeah, Craig, you're right. Um, Fullaway definitely won the internet today. It's not often that you get a Kevin Durant, a Magic Johnson. Um, obviously all the, the, the women's personalities from different sports markets, all tweeting about something in real life, but yeah, in, in real time, it, it was pretty awesome to see. Um, Fullaway had what, what I've tried to do on the playground numerous times and only done it successfully, probably one out of a thousand. And it it really did look like what Magic Johnson used to do, you know, back in the eighties when he played with the Lakers. It was a masterful um full full court. She, she took the ball at the entire court. She went behind her back, but it was kind of like that, that whoop de doo kind of behind your back, not 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 what you see like everybody do all the time. And then she kind of did like a like an Irish spin off the backboard. And I saw this on the Big Spur. And, you know, I've been watching Full Away highlights for a little bit now. And it's absolutely incredible what she can do with the basketball. It's been a long time since I've seen some just anybody, honestly, like even in the men's game, kind of have the basketball in a string like she does. And it's very Kyrie Irving ish. And if you remember when Kyrie Irving was at Duke, and I've watched a lot of his high school stuff, you know the way he could kind of put reverse Irish on the basketball, where you don't understand how it went off the backboard and and spun in. That's exactly what Fullaway did um, today. And if you haven't seen it, um, Craig, maybe if you can help the help the folks out in here um, and. And you know, post that post that link on Twitter or YouTube or whatever. That'd be great. And um, full Wiley, um, Phil, is that correct? Maybe I'm completely completely mispronouncing her name. Full Willie, Full Willie. Yeah, guys, you all know that I'm awful at pronunciations. I respect everybody in the world that can do pronunciations. It's it's just not my thing. Um, uh, a, a funny inside story here. Um, my wife and her family. The name Penelope, um, I, I saw that one time and I read it out loud, like, you know, reading just, you know, an article or something. And I said, P-Pen-elope. Penelope, Penelope. <laughs> so maybe I have a little bit of dyslexia. Maybe I don't slow down and actually read and pronunciate everything perfectly. But it I promise it, it's not for lack of effort. It's just how I read things. So, yeah, Full Willie, awesome. Just fantastic. She has a chance to go down as one of the best game talk women's basketball players that we have seen. But I, I don't want to take away from, obviously, Cardozo had 20 points and 15 rebounds. Uh, Raven Johnson had 11 points, 7 assists. Um, and golly, Papoa. Popoa had 14 points. Um, you know what? Like I'm not the women's basketball expert, but I did want to give the women a shout-out because dismantling the number 10 team in the country and on a neutral site in Paris, to the tune of 29 points, is is actually fantastic and a, a big step in the right direction for replacing a um, a Boston. Uh, yeah, all all the women, all the women out there, they're doing a fantastic job, and I'm blanking on a ton of names, and I do that sometimes. Um, moving on to tonight's game um, in the men's men's arena. Um, I do know a little bit more about men's basketball than I do women's basketball, <laughs> but um, the Gamecocks did defeat South Carolina Upstate by a score of 82 to 53. Uh, I think it's exactly what the men needed, um, coming off of you know somewhat of a tough exhibition game uh, against against Wofford, and you know looking at this, let's go through the numbers here. South Carolina shot 54.5% from three-point range. Absolutely fantastic shooting. 53.7% on field goals overall. Uh Free throw line, the Gamecocks probably wanted some of those free throws back. 12 of 19, 63.2% from the free throw line. Not exactly what you're looking for there. I don't know if it was nerves, fatigue, whatever it could have been. I mean, looking at looking at ESPN's box score right now, they actually don't have the minutes. And i um, not exactly sure how many minutes everybody played. But the starters tonight were Stephen Clark, BJ Mack, Miles Studi, Michi Johnson, and Talon Cooper. Uh, I've been telling you guys for a while that uh, Michi Johnson and Talon Cooper are pretty, pretty daggum good. And just looking at their numbers today, uh, Michi Johnson had... 15 points on five field goals. Talon Cooper had 15 points on seven field goals. They combined to go 5 for 7 from the three-point line and 7 for 11 from the free-throw line. And Talon Cooper had seven seven rebounds, three assists. You know, getting six assists out of your two league guards are exactly what South Carolina was looking for. There were probably some opportunities the Gamecocks had to get more assists there from their league guards and then going down to Jacoby Wright, Jacoby Wright had nine points, four of seven shooting, one of one from the three-point line, added two assists and three rebounds. I, I couldn't be more excited about the guard play. Uh, Michi Johnson, Talon Cooper, and Jacoby Wright are all very, very good guards for South Carolina. And in my opinion, and I've said this numerous times now on multiple shows, but the great equalizer in college basketball is the three point shot. And is South Carolina gonna shoot fifty four point five percent from three point line every single game? No, they're not. But this is what allows you to have the opportunity to have some upsets. And when you look at the amount of the amount of starts and the and the experience that a lot of these guys have for the South Carolina men's basketball team, I mean Stephen Clark started a lot of games at the Citadel. Uh, BJ Mack, same thing. Miles Studi, Michi Johnson Talon, Talon, Cooper. All these guys come from either relatively decent to good mid majors or power five schools. Oh, thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. Um, golly, Craig, I'll I'll have to get it. I'll I'll get it down by by next week, I promise. But, um, you know, going through here, you know, the Gamecocks didn't get a lot from their big men. You look at Stephen Clark had two rebounds. Josh Gray had six. um, Bozeman Verdonk had two. Outside of that, the fact that the Gamecocks were still able to get 45 rebounds in this game, big shout-out to Zachary Davis getting eight rebounds. Zachary Davis is going to be a really, really, really good player for South Carolina, and I'm excited to to watch him grow. yeah, Morris, golly, I got to do another pronunciation, but Yugosuk, Um, he obviously burned his red shirt. I've been telling you guys for a little bit that he's a guy that has a lot of potential for for South Carolina. I think that he is the exact type of freshman that you bring in, and you're coming from Finland and doing what he's, what he's doing right now. I mean, look, it doesn't look great, two of five for five points, but... He probably only had two or three questionable decisions in the game. One I'm, I'm recalling right now was a, a pass that he made to Bozen for Donk. They probably shouldn't have. There was a cross quarter. Um, and looking at it, let's see how many turnovers he had. He had, he had one turnover. So, um, he's going to get a lot better. And I think it's just really exciting to, to watch him, to watch him grow. Um, obviously you didn't have. You didn't have Colin. Colin probably could have made a difference. But looking at Ken Palm right now, so Ken Palm had this game at South Carolina winning 77 to 60, and the Gamecocks won by 29 points. They scored five more points than Ken, Ken Palm predicted, and they held to, held USC Upstate to six or seven less points than Ken, Ken Palm predicted. So I say this a lot. I I, I want to see teams cover spreads, whether you're the favorite or you're the underdog. The more often you do that, and you're not going to do it 100% of the time, but the more often that you do that, the better team you likely are. Um, and in college basketball, if you if you bet on college basketball or you know you're looking at lines and you're trying to predict what's going to happen, just look at Ken Palm. Uh, Ken Palm is going to tell you everything that the betting markets are doing because the betting markets rely on Ken data. So is South Carolina, should South Carolina have been a 17 point favorite over USC upstate? We don't know right now. We'll see what USC upstate does the rest of the way. But what's interesting is in the, in the preseason and I'm going to pull this up right now, USC upstate plays in the same conference as, as winter does. And Winthrop's predicted as the 100. Uh, no, where is it? I got to look at. Anyway, can't find that stat right now. Kimpom's still updating. But USC Upstate and the team the Gamecocks played last week in the exhibition are similar teams. And you saw the 17 point deficit at halftime carry over into the game tonight against USC Upstate. And the Gamecocks did everything that you would ask them to do. So excited about that. Obviously, there's a big test coming up with Virginia Tech. Um, I think that game actually tipped off at 8 o'clock-ish. I know that um, that Virginia Tech was like a 26-point favorite in that game. So let me see if I can find it for you really quick. Let's see what Virginia Tech's doing because that's the next game. Yeah, so Virginia Tech's up 54-27 right now on Coffin State. Uh, Coppin State, obviously, Gamecock fans have bad memories about. But um, let's look at the box score on that game. There's 15 minutes to go in the game, and, and Virginia Tech doubled them up, 54-27. to 27. Let's see what we can get here. Uh, currently, wow. Wow. Uh, Virginia Tech is shooting. Okay, I misread that. I thought they were shooting 15 of 19 from the three-point line. That was the free-throw line. Uh, So they're 5 of 18 from 3. They're 17 of 38 from just general field goals. They have a total of 29 rebounds to 12 rebounds for Coffin State. So, yeah, I mean, we we, we need to take a look at this Virginia Tech game, see what's happening there. But, you know, right now Virginia Tech's doing exactly what I expect them to do, and, and South Carolina did exactly what I expected them to do as well. Um we're going to get to football I promise you but um Craig I want to make mention here Talon Cooper looked great tonight he is very smooth the team definitely has a chance I I agree and look I like I said on I think it was JB's show or my show or what show but uh Talon Cooper actually looks like you know kind of a strong kid a tall kid 6-4 um I mentioned that he actually has a lot more bounce than he probably showed tonight I mean he was doing you know, self alley-oop 360 windmills in warm-ups. So having two guys like Michi and Talon, I think are going to carry the Gamecocks as far as they can carry them. We'll see how far that is. But, yeah, Talon Cooper, uh, you know, started his career at Moorhead State, went to Minnesota. I think that he is exactly what the Gamecocks needed um, as far as, you know, what, what was missing last year, and I'm trying to pull this up. Yeah, okay, I just got it. All right, so on the Big Spur, um, uh, the user, username Uhaul, who's a a good, good guy, a long time poster on the Big Spur, he um asked for everyone's Gamecock predictions for the basketball season, and he said, you know, I want to know what the overall record's going to be. I want to know what the SEC record's going to be. And I want to know if we're going to be ranked at the end of the season in the top 100 on Ken Palm. So I'm going to go through my predictions for the South Carolina basketball season. And if you guys don't want to, don't want to be a part of like this basketball stuff, just, just tell me and we don't have to do it. But if you guys are interested in my take, let me know, or we can go to football whenever you want. But so in the in the non-con, I have the Gamecocks obviously beating USC Upstate. I have them losing to Virginia Tech, but I might be want to change that after what I saw tonight. I thought the team looked pretty good. Have them beating VMI, beating DePaul, and beating the winner of Grand Canyon-San Francisco to win that Arizona tournament. I think the Gamecocks will be four and one after that tournament. I think the Gamecocks beat Notre Dame. That's five and one. I think they'll beat George Washington. I hate to say it, I don't have high hopes for the Gamecocks beating Clemson right now, so that drops the Gamecocks to 6-2. and two. East Carolina, I have a win. Charleston Southern, I have a win. Winthrop, I have a win. Elon, I have a win. And Florida A&M, I have a win. So I have the Gamecocks going 11-2 and two in the non-conference in men's basketball. Uh, the season kicks off against Mississippi State at home. Um, and the, when I say the season, the, the conference season kicks off. So I have the Gamecocks winning that game. I think that if the Gamecocks are 11 and 2 in the non-con, um, it'll be even better if the Gamecocks are able to beat Clemson. You know, getting to 11 and 2 and creating some excitement after a, a football season that we might all want to forget. I think that Saturday, January 6th, I think that Colonial Life Arena is going to be rocking. They welcome Mississippi State. Um, for re- for the record, Kim Palm has that game at 65-64. I think the Gamecocks find a way to win that game. Takes them to 12-2. and two. After that, they go on the road to Alabama. I'm sorry, that has to be a loss. It doesn't have to be, but it likely is a loss. I think the Gamecocks can beat Missouri. I think the Gamecocks can beat Georgia. I think that Arkansas is going to be tough. I have that as a loss. I have Kentucky as a loss. Even though we beat Kentucky last year, crazier things have happened. I got the Gamecocks sweeping Missouri, a loss to Tennessee. I got them, I think, sweeping Georgia. Um, Ole Miss, I have them beating Ole Miss. Vanderbilt, I think that should be a win. That's a home game. Uh, looking at the rest of this, Auburn on the road, that's probably going to be tough. LSU, I think it's a home game, but I think at that point, the Gamecocks would be, would be 18-7 and and 7-5 in the conference. So I think that's going to be a sneaky loss. Um, Ole Miss on the road, I think, will be tough. Anyway, long story short, I have the Gamecocks at 19 and 12 overall, 8 and 10 in the SEC, and I think that they will make the NIT. So, that is the men's college basketball roundup, which is exciting. I'm so happy that college basketball is back. It's something that is long overdue. It's it's my favorite sport of the entire season. So excited for that. Um, let's check in on that Colorado LSU game. So currently, oh my gosh, are y'all are y'all watching this in real time? Who who in the chat is is watching this right now? Uh, right now, Colorado is winning 81 to 62 over number one in the country LSU with four minutes and 48 seconds left in the fourth quarter. So barring a miracle it looks like Colorado is going to hand LSU a season opening loss. I would love to know what that what that line was on the women's game. Uh looking at LSU's team here, um Angel Reese has 13 points and 11 rebounds. Uh she is pretty much, you know, in the top 3 for national player of the year. So interesting there. Yeah, yeah, Rodney. Yeah, they they are getting the break speed off. This is something that I know that I'm not going to speak for Don Staley, but there are a lot of teams around the country that are enjoying the enjoying the heck out of this outcome for LSU. Um. All right, so you guys are going to have to keep me up to date on that. I have closed that browser because I didn't want to jinx anything. And let's let's talk about the Gamecock game against Jacksonville State. You know, just looking quickly at the box score, and you know, I, I saw a lot of flack um, about the Gamecocks offense. I saw a lot of flack about the Gamecocks defense. Um, you know, let's start. Let's actually start with the play-by-play. Looking at this game, obviously South Carolina forced a forced a punt on the first possession of the game. Three plays, um, nine yards. Punt of the Gamecocks. Gamecocks score a touchdown, made it seven nothing. Uh, Tonka, Tonka Hemingway, I mean, get off the tracks when the Tonka truck's coming through. That was awesome to see. After that, Gamecocks force another punt, and Gamecocks get the ball back. They go four plays, 25 yards in a minute and 20 seconds, and end up punting the ball back. So, Kyle Kroger, you know, punts it for 36 yards, fair catch. Jacksonville State has it at the 15. Um, looking at this, um, Spencer actually completed a pass to Marion Brown for 19 yards. It was good to see. If you're like me, I thought, okay, well, Marion's back. Let's let's get the gang back together and let let's start rolling. Uh, then you had a Mario Anderson run for two yards. Spencer Radler um, completed Juju, Juju McDowell for four yards, and then an incomplete pass to Xavier Leggett. Um, remembering that play in particular, I thought it was pretty much a fastball that might have been a little bit behind. They really get. I think Spencer was just trying to rush that that pass through, knowing that it was third down. Uh, but Gamecocks force another punt. Um, they go. Jacksonville State goes three plays, six yards, and 46 seconds. So it's working out exactly like the Gamecocks were hoping for at this point. And the Gamecocks get the ball back, up seven nothing. And this is what we talked about um, on a couple different shows last week. But you know, the Gamecocks go three plays. Six yards, a minute and 42 seconds. Gamecocks try and run the ball to start that drive. No gain. Spencer Rattler completes a pass for eight yards to Mario Anderson. And then Juju has a two-yard run. Gamecocks punt the ball. Uh, Kai Kroger had a really good punt there, 43 yards. Um, But, you know, just from where South Carolina was punting the ball from, it it wasn't a great punt. (laughs) So... Jacksonville State actually answers here, makes it a seven-seven game. They go eight plays and 62 yards in a little less than two and a half minutes. Uh, the tight end for uh, Jacksonville State was a pretty good player. I don't want to, you know, take anything away from Jacksonville State. They were seven and two coming to the game, seven and three overall. You know, should they have hung around with a, a Gamecock football team as long as they did? I don't think so. But is that what happened? Absolutely. So Gamecocks actually answer. They answer that drive um, when it's seven-seven, and they go five plays, seventy. What is that? Seventy yards in a minute and forty-one seconds. So DJ Braswell. Everyone's been hollering for DJ Braswell to get in the game. Uh, I think he had one chance in this game. It went for for no gain. He had a, a humongous pass there to Xavier Leggett for fifty-two yards. Uh, Juju had a completion for 10 yards, and then Joshua Simon got robbed. I thought that it was a bang bang play. I think it should have been a touchdown for Joshua Simon. And if you guys have been following along all year with me, I really could have used that tight end touchdown because I predicted at the beginning of the season the Gamecocks tight ends would combine for 10 total touchdowns. Um, actually, Texas, some people that um, I've told that prediction to, and I said really got screwed there. But Spencer Rattler, you know, kind of did the, the Jalen Hurts thing and and scooted into the end zone for a touchdown. Gamecocks are up 14-7. Um, looking at the chat box here, Craig says, I thought we tackled terribly, never get our head around on deep throws, and they were very athletic on defense, tackled well and pushed our D-line around running the ball. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Craig. I mean, it's the life of a Gamecock right now. I, I don't know what the answer is. It, it's so frustrating to watch, though. And yeah, Craig says ten penalties, 100 yards. Leggett with a terrible penalty on a punt. We just play losing football. You know, Craig, it's funny. I was I was talking to my brother on the phone, and it was a little later in the game. But you know, when so obviously we'll get to it in a little bit. But the Gamecocks went with a fake punt on it. and God bless, God bless Kai Kroger for even attempting that pass, but it had no chance. Um. But the the pass the the fake punt pass was to Xavier Leggett, and I told my brother I was like, you know, do you think that you know Pete Limbo and Shane Beamer were playing the long the long con there and and told Xavier to run into the the punter, give up the fifteen yards and and set it up as Xavier as a, as a gunner for later in the game, or they're gonna have a fake punt to him. You know, at this point, there's so much cute things that the uh, the coaches have done in the past. That I wouldn't put it past the coaches to say, "Hey, we're gonna have a stupid 15 year penalty to set something up later." Um, uh, Drew, Drew says, "Face it, our coaching staff needs needs demoted or fired." There, there's a lot, there's a lot to that, Drew. Um, I know that uh, that it's frustrating for me to watch. I know it's frustrating for everybody else to watch because, at, at my core, I'm I'm still a fan. You know, I mean, I get frustrated. I I want to turn the TV off. I want to go find something better to do. But, you know, this is just so ingrained in my soul that I'm going to put myself through this torture every single week. As far as coaching staff needs to be demoted or fired, you know, I I sit there and I just – the more and more I think about it, I don't think there's a point in firing somebody midseason. I know that Lincoln Riley just did that at Southern Cal – Obviously, their defense has given up 10,000 points in Lincoln Riley's time at Southern Cal, and and maybe that was past due, and maybe that's why it happened. Um, but I think it's really, really difficult to fire any coach midseason and not have not make it a tougher time to hire a coach. You know, if Shane Beamer was Nick Saban and Nick Saban made this move, you know, midseason or or he- heck. You know, maybe Lincoln Riley makes this move and he starts putting out feelers to everybody and their mother. And he already has the new defensive coordinator lined up right now. Right now. I I don't think it's something that Shane can do. And whether that's a good or a bad thing, I think that's just third year as a head coach. You know, can you really fire somebody midstream? I think that's what happened last year with Satterfield. I've said it over and over again. Satterfield knew that he was not going to be retained. Well, well before the end of the season, and well before he took that job at um, Nebraska, I, I can't say that I know that with Clayton White. I think that, you know, right now I don't think Shane's focused on a replacement. I think Shane is focused on getting these kids to win three straight games and 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 coaching them up as much as they can. And I know everybody's sick and tired of hearing, "Coach them up." We got to coach them better. We got to do a better job coaching. But, honestly, like, that's all you can do at this point. There's three games left in the regular season. You got Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Clemson. And you got to you gotta win all three. And, you know, making changes right now is not something that I think is going to happen. But, all right, let's look. I'm going to look back at the comments. Craig says, I love these guys and this team, but we haven't been well coached. The defense has good players, but our D-line hasn't gotten any better. Yeah, Craig. Um you know, we got two different coaches on the defensive line. Um, obviously, we don't have very many um, defensive line commitments right now for the recruiting class for next year. I I think that that's obviously something that needs to be addressed. I think that, you know, my friendship with Travian Robertson aside, you know, I, I'll be honest, I haven't taught a Travian in five, six, seven years. So it's not like we're best friends and – but I do know Travian. I do know what he's about, and I have talked to enough people on the program to know what Travian's about. I do believe in Travian Robertson. Um, you know, Sterling Lucas. We'll see. I think that he's a great recruiter. I think that he has the ability to to coach these guys up. I don't know if that's going to translate into the rest of the season. You know, it might be a you know butt kicking of a spring practice. It might be a butt kicking of uh summer workouts it might be a butt kicking in fall camp but they've got to do something different and i don't disagree with with any of you at all especially you know craig and, and drew the way you're talking right now i agree with you yeah um drew we are paying big money for no results and it, it's funny because we talk about this on a couple of different shows and i'm on and you know take away the turnovers and take away the fake punts and the fake field goals and the pump returns for touchdowns and the block points and the kick returns for touchdowns, you know, was that, was that masking defensive inefficiencies? And, you know, JB, who I respect the heck out of, you know, asked me that question. And, you know, I think with every week going forward, it's a question that needs to be asked and needs to be addressed. Um, yeah. Gamecocks, Yeah, I don't, I don't know the contract, you know, stuff around Clayton White. I know that he signed an extension recently. You know, the Gamecocks would probably have to pay him money for him to go somewhere else. But yeah, I mean, as far as feelers, absolutely. If you think you can upgrade, you know, your defensive coordinator position, I think you have to look into it, and I think you have to, you have to do something there, and 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 play the season out. I think that. Yeah, I don't think anybody thinks, like, the next three weeks the defense is just going to turn on its head and become, you know, the steel curtain. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. But what I do think could happen is the Gamecocks find a way to win the next three games, and then all of a sudden we have, are we going to have coaching continuity, or are we going to have a shakeup? Um. We have, and so anyway, um, Drew says we have to look to next year. This one's shot. Um, the season's not shot. Uh, I know that it feels that way. Gamecocks found a way to beat Jacksonville State. Um, Stone Blanton, my hat off to you. Um, we're not going to talk about the, the rest of the game right now. I think you guys know what happened. You don't need my play by play. Um, but yeah, so you know, look to next year you can't look to next year until this year is done right now this year is not done you got to find a way to rally you got to find a way to get to six wins and and what 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 happens after you don't get to six wins or you do get to six wins like that's on shane and shane's got to make that decision and he will he'll make the decision he think he thinks is best um Brian Gregory says, "No way, Frank's team would have won that game by that much." <laughs> yeah, actually, um, I kind of want to pull pull something up. So Frank last coached South Carolina in 2022. So funny enough, um, Frank's last year at South Carolina, first game of the season was against USC Upstate. South Carolina won 78 to 60, so won by 18. So yeah, yeah, um, Brian, you're right. Uh, definitely. Might not have won by that much. I want to look at Frank's tenure here. Um, in 21, South Carolina lost their season opening game to 98th, 98th ranked Liberty, 78-62. to 62. Uh, 2020 under Frank Martin beat North Alabama by 22, so pretty similar to what we saw saw today. Um, wow, I guess we must have like an every two-year thing with USC Upstate. But um, in 2019, um, USC Upstate and South Carolina played in the season's opening tip-off, and South Carolina won 65-52 to and followed that up with a two-point loss to Stony Brook. So yeah, um, Brian, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I like Frank a lot. I think he's a great person. I think he's a... He's a really good basketball coach. I think his time just wore out at South Carolina. Um, but I'm really excited for what I saw tonight. Uh, South Carolina, I thought South Carolina did a pretty good job tonight. Um, let's see. Drew says, we must put feelers out. Yeah, absolutely, put feelers out. I I, I agree. Um, Craig says, go get Zach Arnett. He's about to be unhired. <laughs> yeah, uh, Zach Arnett I know was somebody that that Shane had – that Shane liked a lot um, last go around. I think that, you know, pairing Dowell Loggins and Zach Arnett would be actually a really, really good pairing because Zach Arnett is not somebody that, that wants to go a million miles per hour on offense. I think that Dowell Loggins really doesn't want to go a million miles per hour on offense. I know it seems that way because the Gamecocks have had a handful of drives that. Are under two minutes in length um, every single game, but I don't think Dow is a guy that likes to go breakneck speed. I think Dow is a guy that likes to mix and match and get drives rolling, get drives going, put points on the board, and then attack when he has the opportunity. Which is why, you know, I I saw I see so much stuff out there and so much stuff about Dowell Loggins not being the right guy for the job. You know, obviously he stinks because the offensive line stinks. But Dallas calling plays with two hands tied behind his back, and trust me, the way that Spencer is playing football right now, if you had an adequate offensive line in front of him without injuries or even, you know, go back. I mean, second play of the season, Cason Henry goes down. We we can play the what-if game all day, and I don't I don't intend to do that. But um, go back to the spring game and, you know, the injury that we had with uh, – gosh, can't remember his name right now um, – but you know, go back to all those injuries, and it's just not playing with a with a full deck of cards. It's, it's calling plays with two hands tied behind your back. But yeah, I think Zach Arnett and Dowell Loggins will be a really good pairing. I don't know if Zach Arnett will will get fired, you know, one year into his tenure, especially after Mike Leach's unfortunate passing. But yeah, I think that Craig's right. Zach Arnett and Dowell Loggins and Shane Beamer will be a dynamite trio. Uh, Drew says we got lucky last year. It's not happening this year. Absolutely, you are not wrong at all. Um, Drew says commitment is going to get worse for leaving. No one wants to play for a losing team. Uh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised by that. Um, a lot of times, you know, these young these young kids feel like they have the ability to change programs. Uh, Jadavon Clowney, Marcus Lattimore, um, those those guys are are testaments to that. Uh, Dylan Stewart, I mean, Dylan Stewart was – he came to the game against Jacksonville State. I don't know what else you can you can ask for for an elite player still believing and trying to recruit other other players to play with them. Uh, Craig says, Travian's the right guy. I just mean these much guys like Huntley, Tonka, Barrett, they're okay but haven't made the next step. Um, they are what they are. I think that – I think Tonka, Barrett, I think that Huntley – I think that all these guys have the opportunity to get better. I think that, you know, I I can't explain what's going on with with Huntley and Tonka specifically. Um, I think that I thought it was a nice move for Shane to get Tonka involved, you know, scoring a touchdown. Uh, Tonka had a big tackle for loss later on this game. I don't think that that's what's necessary to get, get the guys going. But, you know, just looking at this really quick, I, and I, just, I haven't looked at it yet, so I'm doing this in real time with you. But South Carolina had one sack against Jacksonville State. You know, that's not uncommon with a, with a, you know, primarily running quarterback. They had six tackles for loss. Um, I think that it just boils down to, let's see, um, tackles for loss, Bay Martin-Scott, Tonka, uh, Jordan Strong, Keenan Nelson Jr., Tyreek Johnson. And DQ Smith, yeah, it, it says something when most of the tackles for loss are not actual defensive linemen. <laughs> so anyway, um, let's see, yeah, Brian, <laughs> my ceiling fan, yeah, um, I don't know, I, it's weird. I'm battling, I'm battling the heat, I'm battling the cold. I'm like that person that never wants to turn the heat on, but at the same time, the ceiling fan. If you want the real answer, Brian. Uh, the ceiling fan and the AC can actually cause um, issues with um, quality of sound. So that's why it's not on right now. Um, so, guys, um, Phil just let me know about four minutes ago, down goes LSU. So Colorado pulled it out. Um, you know, that's always good for the Gamecocks because Gamecocks are still hunting the number one seed in the NCAA tournament and women's basketball. Excited for that. But um, – Jacksonville State, ha, ha, ha. I don't know what I'm – I must have misspoke there. Um, Drew said this year will be 5-7 and in a bowl game. Saw it this morning. Um, Drew says don't forget the loss to the Citadel. That that loss is seared into my brain, along with Sean Elliott running out like a crazy man before the game started. Um, Scott says Beamer exceeded expectations in year one and year two. Obviously underachieving in year three. Recruiting has been pretty good as well. Hopefully he can sign a strong class and hit the transfer portal hard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Scott. You know, I I don't think that that Shane's ever going to be, you know, the level of narcissism we saw from Dabo and 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 Tyler. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean Shane wants he's got to stand on his own two feet. And I don't always agree with everything Shane says, but. He did overachieve in year one and year two. Uh, third year is always the toughest year for a college football head coach, especially a first-time first, year, first time college football head coach. Um, you know, I'm not making excuses, but NIL, transfer portal, one-time transfer, free transfer, all of that has definitely not helped Shane. Um, the fact that the Gamecocks are a little slow to embracing NIL the way that could potentially help Shane, Definitely hurt in the offseason. But Shane's signing good classes. Shane has good players. Um, you know, I think that, you know, Shane says it every single week, and I know it just gets, like, you know, on repeat, and it just makes everybody angry. But we got to coach better. we got to put the guys in a better position to do well. You know, some guys were out of position, Blah blah, 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 blah. And Shane says it every week. And, you know, I don't know a better way for him to say it. I don't know what we expect of him in a press conference to actually say. Um, I don't think that it would be beneficial for Shane to, you know, just cuss out every player on the team in front of us. Um, I don't think it's beneficial for recruiting. I know that Shane is saying enough stuff behind closed doors, and Shane isn't, you know, this nice, nice guy. And, And Shane's a nice guy, let me say that. Like, Shane's a really nice guy. But he has an edge to him, and it comes out, behind closed doors, and, you know, it. Shane is not somebody that's not going to, you know, just absolutely pants an assistant coach, and, you know, n- n- ah, God, the best way to say it is, like, he will uh, undress a coach and make them feel this big if he needs to, but, you know, with the players, it's all in their, it's, it's all on Shane, it's all in the coaches, the guy do a better job, and Shane has said that. Um, Drew says that was for Spurrier, he was proven. Um, Craig says, What up, Phil? Shout out to you, Mad Dog. Heck yeah, gotta love Phil, guys. Phil is like we can't say this around JB, JB won't give Phil credit, but Phil is an absolute bona fide, amazing producer. The fact that he does this every Monday with us at 9 p.m. Um, love Phil to death, couldn't do this show without him. So, everybody, you know, if you you see Phil around Greenville, or you know, DM him, say thank you, and say it in the chat box. Phil is Phil's an absolute legend, and love Phil to death. Um, Drew says Spurrier built a team on his known ability. Beamer does not have that credential. Yeah, absolutely, Drew. I mean, Shane's building it right now. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, even Spurrier took a couple of years to get things rolling at South Carolina. Uh, Shane is. I have to go back and look, but I feel like he's recruiting better than Spurrier did, you know, right out the gate. I think that more of his players are going to make an impact, you know, long term. So, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, obviously, you know, there's no Dowell Loggins that is going to be Shane or not Shane. Steve Spurrier calling plays and, you know, scheming up mismatches. Like Dowell might be really, really good, but there's only one Steve Spurrier. Um, yeah, it's just tough. I mean, I just encourage everybody to let let's let's look at it. Let's look at it for what it is. Um, it's hard to get mad at somebody for overachieving his first few years and having a down year. You know, I do it in my personal life. I do it in my work my work life. I do it all over the place. You know, if I had a good day yesterday, the next day needs to be better, and the next day needs to be better, the next day needs to be better, the next day has to be better, and then if it's not better oh, my gosh, it's the worst day in the world. Like, how could this have happened to me? And, you know, running a college football program, I can only imagine is like that. And nobody wants to win more than these players. Nobody wants to win more than these coaches. And us as fans, you know, we just got to support them. And, you know, nobody's above criticism. Uh, I'll go ahead and say that. Like, nobody's above criticism. But, you know, criticize, sleep on it decide if it was worth it the next day and, and go forward. But yeah, it, it it's hard to be a, it's hard to be a game cock. I'm not going to call a shame cock screw, but yeah, it's hard to be a game cock. You know, I, I see stuff on my Facebook where people are saying we need to go play in Jacksonville States conference. We've won our last 12 games there, but that's not what anybody wants to do. Nobody wants to go play in a, a non power five conference and, you know, what, what, okay, you win a couple games and you, know, you go play in, you know, whatever bowl that's not on New Year's Day. Nobody wants to do that. The Gamecocks have got to find a way to continue to compete, um, continue to recruit, and get better and better every single day. And it's the life of a Gamecock. You know, it's not, we've had the best of years with Spurrier. I think that, you know, being back in Williams brice Stadium, I think that. There will be a bigger crowd for, for Vanderbilt than there was against Jacksonville State. I think you build some momentum. You go, you go win that Vanderbilt game. you got to win it, but go win that Vanderbilt game. Kentucky comes to town. It's announced it's a 7.30 kickoff. A night game at williams Bryce is different. So, you know, all we can do is support the team right now. Uh, let's, let's keep rolling. A big win on the season at this point is getting to bowl eligibility. You know, get to six and six, go to three straight bowls, and we're all going to be really, really happy if the Gamecocks are able to beat Clemson in Williams-Brice Stadium. And look, if the Gamecocks are, you know, five and six, and you know, Clemson got a got a big win against Notre Dame this week, and you know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe the Gamecocks get another night game in Williams-Brice, and it doesn't take much for Gamecocks to get excited again. <laughs> that's one thing I've learned. You know, we, we can be down in the dumps, but the Gamecocks will will get back up and they'll support the team. Uh, I see here that Craig said, give more money, guys. If we just had the 70,000 people in the stands, give to the 1801 club. That's a huge number. You spend more than that on Chick-fil-A for two. Absolutely, um, you know, I'm not going to – look, NIL is what it is. I think that the biggest thing that we can do is educate people, and that's what Craig's doing right now. Um, Drew, so yeah drew I'll get to you in a second but yeah the Nil stuff if you can get people to donate 1801 a month um, continue donating don't be somebody that just you know comes and that you know comes and blows with the wind got to understand this is a long-term investment and the second that somebody stops donating is is a problem um, I will say though that you know the the stuff that JC's doing, I mean, he will actually give you back all your money you donated if you come up on hard times. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that NIL is supposed to be about family. It's supposed to be about commitment. It's supposed to be about all those things. But at the end of the day, we're all Gamecocks. And the, the power of a collective is 70,000 people donating 1801 a month. So I don't want to say more on NIL. You guys have heard my my spill on it. I think that everybody should should be donating. Uh, Drew says, like I said, a prediction: South Carolina will play a bowl at five and seven. If they play a bowl at five and seven, we gotta embrace it. Um, Drew says, I don't know how we can beat Kentucky or Clemson. We are less than one dimensional. Absolutely, but you know, crazy things happen in college football. I would have bet my life savings. I would have bet my house. I would have bet if you could have. If I could have bet every bit of money I had in my entire life that I've made, and I could find a penny off the ground or two pennies that were like you're rusted up and all that, I would have bet it all that Gamecocks would have lost to either Tennessee or Clemson last year. I would have bet every every penny I've ever seen in my entire life, and the Gamecocks found a way. I don't I don't know if that's going to happen this year. I don't I don't I can't say it's it could happen, but you know I'm just saying the crazier things happen. Williams Bryce is a crazy place. Let's see what the Gamecocks can beat Vanderbilt this weekend. Beat Vanderbilt, and a lot of things come back on the table for the Gamecocks. All of a sudden, you're four and six. Uh, Kentucky's quarterback isn't isn't great. Um, he had a great game last week against whoever they played, uh, Tennessee. But crazier things have happened. It's Williams Bryce. You know, you're looking at Vanderbilt at twelve o'clock this weekend. You're looking at a night game against Kentucky and potentially. You know, late afternoon, night game against Clemson. Crazier things have happened, y'all. I, I just, you know, it's game by game at this point. We can't get too far ahead of ourselves, and I'm always guilty of it too. But we'll see what happens. I mean, I would have bet every penny I had, penny I've seen, my my friend's money, my boss's money, I would have bet everything that the Gamecocks would have lost at least one to Tennessee or Clemson. And I probably would have taken both of those schools by 35 points. Um, so yeah, Drew, I think you're I think you're on the right page here, but, um, you know, it's football. We'll see what happens, but y'all, I appreciate y'all being here tonight. We've gone a little bit long, but this is exactly what I want to do. Please, you know, come back every Monday. I'm enjoying seeing some familiar names here. Me and Craig, are friends on Facebook now, and that's awesome. So, um, continue to come back. I I know that, you know, you're giving me something that's the most valuable thing you have, which is your time and that's never lost on me. Um, I know that where I give my time is very valuable, and I just appreciate all of y'all so much. And I'll be back Thursday night. Um, we'll, we'll talk more Gamecock sports. I'm so happy that there are three Gamecock sports that are happening at the same time. We shouldn't run out of things to talk about, and you know, just appreciate y'all so much, and I'll talk to you Thursday. I hope you have a great one. Talk to you later. Bye, y'all.